Jones, we have top men working on it right now. It was a most ripping victory. No! Get to the chopper! Once, I was a cop, a road warrior searching for a righteous cause. A terminal freakout point. This gone rogue terrorizing itself. Our bones are poisoned. We have become half life. As the world. Welcome to the Parkway Theater podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt. Crazy. And I'm Byron from the Fun V Podcast. And I am Ward, formerly at the Parkway Theater, coming to you live from a bunker somewhere in the northern hemisphere. That's right. We are <laughs> we are we are doing this podcast episode from an appropriately socially distanced spacing, correct, Byron? Or do you want a different term? Yes. <laughs> Social and physical distance away. That's right. We are using modern technology to connect and bring you some interesting entertainment while we're all stuck in our homes. During our uh, Minnesota has a has a shelter in place order, as they're calling it all over the country now, and it feels a bit apocalyptic, doesn't it, fellas? It does. Although we're not fighting over gasoline, it's uh, the the makers of this movie they couldn't have known that it would be toilet paper. That we'd be fighting over all the yes of all the things it's toilet paper that the end of the world needs. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I have uh, I have my my war rig all lined up, and it's got Charmin painted on the side, and it spikes all over the place. <laughs> I've been driving all over the Twin Cities, just just uh, mocking people at how much toilet paper I'm I'm, I'm driving around, I'm packing. <laughs> but that's that's well, I've uh, got my I've got my rig, and I'm standing on top of it with a ukulele. <laughs> I can see you now. You're on that huge pole up there, aren't you? <laughs> Swinging yes, around. I am. Well, so today we are going to be talking about Mad Max Fury Road. But first, we wanted to just have some uh, some brief remarks and discussion about what's going on out there in the world, uh, what's going on at the theater, and, and how everyone can help support uh, and make sure that all these great small businesses, including the Parkway, are still there uh, when this whole thing is said and done. So... So, why don't, uh, Byron, why don't you uh, give us an intro into this world of, of uh, epi- pandemic movies or apocalypse movies or whatever. That's sort of our idea right now, right? Yeah, I think our idea for right now has been that we need, uh, we realize now more than ever, we should be a distraction, I guess, to the world that is outside. And uh, we thought it would be kind of uh, an interesting choice to do some apocalyptic movies and post-apocalyptic movies. And after some discussion, we decided on uh, Mad Max Fury Road to be our first one to try to start with. Um, yeah, it's a good I one. I guess I don't really have any. Yep. 
It's a good one. So let me ask you, Byron, how, how, just real briefly, maybe, how, how are you doing? Are you feeling sick, feeling healthy, got enough toilet paper? I am feeling fine. I'm going in. I do have enough toilet paper. Finally, uh, was able to secure my own supply of toilet paper and other things like that. Um, no, I'm doing fine. Secluded by myself. Um, yeah, pretty much it. I'm on the far, far, far east side of Minnesota. I guess that is what I'll all say for that. How are you guys doing? Warren, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm on uh, week two. Yesterday was, was uh, my 14 day anniversary of, of uh, the Johnson family shelter in place. Uh huh. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, we're having a good time. The kids are uh, doing remote school and, you know, it's just, uh, trying to stay sane and and uh looking forward to getting out there and hugging people yeah <laughs> don't know when that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah right yeah byron you don't get to do any of your jujitsu hugging in this scenario <laughs> no i don't a lot of my uh other extracurricular activities outside of this podcast have been canceled so wow. I, I usually do rock climbing or else i'll do brazilian jujitsu but uh, no, all those have been canceled. But uh, I also have been deemed an essential employee by the state of Minnesota, so I do still have to go into work. I don't know how you guys are uh, going along with that. Oh, I am not essential. I have been told that I absolutely cannot show up on campus at work, or I, I could be in trouble. So You're the opposite Ooh. of essential. Yeah. yeah, I've known that for some time, but it, it hurts still. Yeah. Well, and you it know turns what? out nice the... Uh, needed. Yeah. It turns out the movies are also not considered essential. So I am I am homebound and not at the Parkway Theater. But Ward, which is a good uh, we we have vehemently disagree with that, and that's why we are doing this podcast. Right, absolutely. So uh, that seems like a good segue to the Parkway and what's going on over there. The Parkway's calendar of events has been postponed uh, through the end of April. It will possibly go beyond that but we haven't made any announcements to that effect uh but i guess the best thing we can ask for as far as supporting the theater and small businesses like us is when when this thing does open up again uh and when the country gets back to normal just please come out and see shows and and support your small businesses my hope is that when when the world opens up again sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday are all considered the new Friday. Yeah. So hopefully we get a, a full schedule of, of events going. Um, but also uh, during this time, you know, in the, the, this industry, uh, live music has been hit real hard and and the hourly workers that, that make the things happen behind the scenes at movies and live events are struggling. So the Parkway has a little fundraiser we're doing. Uh, if you go to, and I'm going to read this website very slowly, B as in boy, it dot L-Y slash parkway t-shirt at t-shirt, you could get lots of great parkway gear, t-shirts, sweatshirts with the parkway logo on them, and all the proceeds from that, all the profits from that will go directly to the Twin Cities Music Community Trust which is a trust that was put together to support those folks in the music and event industry, artists, bartenders, bouncers, AV guys, all those people that make that magic happen 
uh, are going to benefit from your support if you go to that website. Again, it is bit.ly slash parkway t-shirt, and that's t-shirt. Nice, yeah, and if I if I may, I would drop in another suggestion. People can do like like I did and go on to parkwaytheater.com and send gift cards in various amounts to all of their friends to force them to show up at movies with you <laughs> once the theater opens yeah. again. That is a brilliant idea. I think I might have already sent a couple gift cards out to people. Yeah, it's a very... Uh, I, I, I put Happy Easter on all of them, hoping and knowing that by Easter this whole thing would be over and therefore I would all meet at Easter at the th- on Easter at the theater. So I hope that's... Uh, that's the case, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, we should we should talk briefly about what sort of. I mean, we're, we said we were going to talk about uh, apocalyptic movies, so that basically means things like uh, Outbreak and Contagion and uh, Mad Max and Fury Road, and well, there's a lot of zombie ones. So, what is your guys's general take? Maybe I'll ask Ward first, since we know he's seen the most movies between you two. What's your ah! What's your general take on this this genre? Are you you a fan or not usually a fan, except when the end times are here, or what? No, I'm I'm definitely a fan, and this is a point of contention in my marriage because my wife is really a neat freak, and she likes things to be clean, and so she hates movies where the world has fallen apart to the point where <laughs> nobody's clean anymore. Oh, no. So even like. And, and even like a movie like uh, Demolition Man, uh-huh. like she only likes the parts where they're clean and everybody's dressed nice. But once you go to like the underground with the, the rebels and stuff, she hates that stuff. She hates movies where, where people have dirty faces. Yeah. So uh, so this was, this movie we watched for this episode was not her cup of tea, but <laughs> right up my alley. Well, I mean, it's not really dirt in this movie. It's just sand everywhere. It's not like, um, you know, those movies where... The world has ended in, in like, like, I think The Girl with All the Gifts is a good example of this, where there's just, like, trees growing out of concrete and, you know, dilapidated building facades and stuff. And, and I, uh, I can see how that would be triggering to someone's OCD if they really, really loved cleaning or clean, cleanliness, for sure. Byron, she's, what about you? She's got, a, she's got a touch of Dexter to her. Mm. Look out. Ah, Dexter. Very, <laughs> very clean, and clean. I love post-apocalyptic movies. Uh, I... No, off air. We I was rattling off a whole bunch of them that we should do. Probably not. Probably not some of them that we should actually talk about on the podcast. Uh, ones that I'm definitely a big fan of. Um, yeah, I I enjoy these movies thoroughly. I have no idea why. I've often <laughs> asked myself why I enjoy these movies so much because I mean, they're pretty harsh movies to deal with. Uh, oh, that is for sure. It's a bit. Uh... It's a bit worrisome if these things were to actually happen, but luckily we're. Seeing... I have a I have a question just re- with regards to these movies in general. Um, yeah. So Mad Mad Max specifically, you know the way everybody dresses in these movies and their post apocalyptic uh, attire. Uh, being that we're kind of in this similar situation, how long do we have to wait before we can start dressing like that? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, you're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've already got my <laughs> hockey mask on and my suspenders. Holding up my underwear. I don't well, know what you're talking about. And uh, and I can tell you exactly the answer. How long I have to wait? It's it's. I only have to wait as long as it takes Amazon to deliver my welder that I have on order. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already started, so June. Uh, I've already started my post-apocalyptic yeah, gear. Just gathering random crap around my house and attaching it to my body. 
Well, you know, it's funny. Luckily, I had a can of spray paint with me. It's funny that you say that because I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle other people's, you know, opinions or their, their whatever. I'm not, I'm not being mocking here, but, and I am being totally serious about what I have been doing for, for, for the not this past five days, but the five days before this, when I was going to work, I was carrying around with me the essentials, and it wasn't like my. My car was now you know studded with spikes all over the place, but I did have in my in my backpack I had a radio like a ham radio small one handheld one I had a pocket knife I had uh, some some one some granola bar things I mean I had literally the essentials like a, a shelter blanket and a GPS <laughs> just thinking so you you had at least you had like a go bag you I had, like I had a go bag, bag ready that's, to go that's right I was ready to I've just been walking around with a big uh, double neck heavy metal guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Does it shoot flames out of it, though? Oh, That's boy. the more important question. Oh, bubble. Boy. It shoots Still bubbles. Work, though. It shoots, it shoots bubbles. bubbles. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know, we should probably dive into this movie then. I'm, 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 furiously, I'm furiosally trying to get the numbers that I forgot to enter oh, into. Oh, tish. That's right, that's right. So I, I have them now. Let's talk about Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. Uh, I will give the the numbers here, and then we can discuss our initial uh, initial experiences and reactions to this movie. So, as I said, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this movie stars Tom Hardy as you gotta love it, Max Rakatansky, <laughs> Charlize Theron, and then here's what I'm gonna do. I don't need to read these actors' names, but I do want to read out loud. So at least once in this podcast, we have said all these names. We have a character named Nux, Immortan Joe. Someone named Slit. We have Rictus Erectus. Toast the Knowing. The Splendid Angaharad. And someone called Capable. And then Cheeto the Fragile. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, don't forget my most favorite character of all. The Coma Organic the Mechanic. Is that your favorite one? No, Coma the Doom. He is the guy playing the guitar. That is his name. Um, I didn't go down far enough in the credits to actually get to him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh this movie directed by george miller who did direct the previous mad max uh movies and he also directed witches of eastwick which is kind of hilarious i think and happy oh, feet I've... and happy feet and yeah happy feet. I, I, ah, that's that right. was gonna it stole my plot summary and happy feet yeah uh so weird this movie had a budget of 157 million bucks and boy they put it all on the screen that's for sure uh, and it uh, had a domestic gross of 153 million, and then uh, worldwide 374 million. So it was it was a pretty big hit. I did not get the uh, tomato meter on this one, but I imagine it's pretty high. 97 percent. 97. Yeah, I got it too. Yeah, it was 97. I can confirm. Okay, well that is pretty. Uh, I knew that would be pretty high. Uh, so you know, IMDb plot summary says uh, I don't have that either, but it's basically. <laughs> oh, I've got a plot summary. Uh, okay, go for it. All right, uh, here we go. It is this movie directed by the person who also did Happy Feet, stars Bane and the Atomic Blonde. Okay, so he made this one up. With the young beast (laughs) in order to escape a former WWE wrestler and his father. (laughs) Well done, Byron. Well done. I don't have a clapping thing on my board, but well done. Uh, okay, so, so I read from ahead. a number I mean, standpoint. That's, that's all we need to know about the plot is that <laughs> it's a Mad Max movie. It's a car chase. Um, from a number standpoint, though, I read that you know, despite the fact those grosses sound pretty good, that ultimately it did 
wind up losing around 30 or $40 million. They speculated just with marketing and all that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. So it was not considered a, a financial hit. Okay. Although revered as one of the great action films of all time. Yeah. Well, my understanding is the formula for, you know, like a, making a movie and how much you're going to spend on it is basically you you take your production budget and multiply it by, or, you know, you add it uh, again to get your marketing budget. And so that would be like $306 million. And so, it, I mean, they must have marketed the crap out of this thing in that case. Yeah. Like, I can recall it being everywhere uh, when this first came out. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, we want to talk about our first impressions. And I'll go first just to say that I think I've never seen any Mad Max movie. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen parts what? of it. I've seen parts of them. I know what it is. I know I know that Mel Gibson, you know, is, is Max and, and 1979's first movie. But I don't think I've ever seen this, so I was I was riveted. I mean, I think my adrenaline le- adrenaline levels were just jacked to the max as in the first twenty minutes of this movie because <laughs> I had no idea what to expect, and so I loved it. It was great. Who wants to go next? Uh, so I I owe this movie an apology. Oh, okay. And uh, so so I'm a, I'm a huge Mad Max fan. The Mad Max Two: The Road, Road Warrior is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, uh, when I saw this movie in the theater, I just, I didn't really like it. And I think part of my problem was that I, I really wanted, and despite the fact that everybody hates Mel Gibson, I really wanted to see Mel Gibson in the movie. And I really, the, it, it, it kind of isn't quite, it's not like the other Mad Max movies where, you know, Mad Max is just this badass who can like, you know, the best driver and best fighter and everything. This movie was really Charlize Theron's movie. Like Furiosa yeah. is kind of she's she's kind of the biggest badass of this movie. And 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 Max is kind of even through the first third of the movie is kind of relegated to a bit of a victim and kind of an antagonist. And so I it, I just had a hard time with it. And I really wanted to see Mel Gibson in the role. And I so recently I decided you know for this podcast to watch it again and. And this time, just kind of embrace it. Stop trying to watch it as a Mad Max movie. Just watch it as a movie, and it's phenomenal. It's really great. Yeah. What did you think, Byron? Uh, I basically have to echo Ward's comments. Um, I'm a big fan of the original Mad Max, uh, like The Road Warrior. Uh, when I first saw this movie, I same thing. I kept trying really hard to picture Tom Hardy as Mel Gibson, and that sort of attachment to Mel Gibson as this character really took me out of this movie. Didn't really like it. After seeing this again, uh, looking at it as the perspective of it's still within the Mad Max world universe, if you will, and just using this and yeah, exactly the same thing. Like this really is Furiosa's movie and seeing, using, I guess, Max as the, the vehicle or this perspective that you get to see these people this movie really, it, it stands out for me. I really like this movie upon the second time viewing it or second or third, or I don't know how many times I've seen this, but, uh, yeah, I wonder, definitely enjoy it. I wonder if I, if I benefited from not knowing, you know, what Max was supposed to be, 
You know, you know what? Maybe. You, you, I think you have a good point there. If you didn't go into it with the expectation that it was going to be like a Mel Gibson, like the first one, like a revenge film mm-hmm. or like the second one, or if, if you didn't have that perspective and you were just going into it where it was like this kind of odd off center universe of post-apocalyptic movie, uh, I think you might've benefited from that. <laughs> Well, that is a very good segue into my first point, which I need to discuss with you guys because I purposefully did not do a lot of research because I wanted to have this discussion. And that is the question, what what exactly is it that I'm watching here? Is this a sequel to a direct sequel to the first one or a sequel to the third one or a, a reboot? I don't know what's going on in this movie. So someone who knows, give me some ideas here. I would say it's a little bit of a reboot. I think, um, you know, if you, if you look at some of the iconic, like the, the Jack, you know, he's wearing the, the iconic jacket. He's got the same car, but he's a little bit more damaged than he is in, in the original movies. And I think it completely ignores the, the third movie. I would say reboot would be my, what I would call this. Okay. So we are to assume that like, off screen before the events of this movie, uh, that's when the the wife and wh- whoever the adult woman and the child were killed, and and that's sort of the I, I understand that's the plot of of the first Mad Max. Is that right? That's the whole plot. yeah, yeah. And some of the imagery yeah, you know that they use to describe those scenes are different than the original movie. So that's again why I'm thinking it's a little more in the realm of a reboot. Mm, okay. So and by the way, the first movie, um, the the guy who plays the villain in the first movie is the same guy who plays Morton Joe in this movie. Yeah, Morton Joe. And it, Byron is uh, that's the father of the wrestler, the former wrestler you're talking that about. That is the father of Nathan Jones, who was a former WWE professional wrestler. Hmm. And that's the big guy who has the tanks on his back. <laughs> that is the big guy who plays the big tanks on the back. Uh, Yes, in my former younger days, I was a big fan of professional wrestling, and I remember seeing him as a professional wrestler. He also has a pretty extensive acting career, um, almost probably not rivaling The Rock as far as uh, famousness, but yeah. uh, he definitely has acted in a lot of movies. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I've, I know I've seen him somewhere. So that that brings me... Um, so, so my broader question then is, okay, so this is a reboot, and then, because I know nothing of the canon... I, I need you guys to walk me through what exactly am I seeing here? I, I see that there are people. people <laughs> what, what am I seeing? <laughs> what am I seeing here? Because th- there are people. <laughs> like I said, I watched this the first 20 minutes. I was on the edge of my seat and I felt like my heart was going, you know, 250 beats a minute. I just couldn't. I was like, oh, what is happening? This is crazy. So I see there are people called War Boys. There are Imperators, which is, right, if Furiosa's her job. And then. Uh, later on, we see well. So we see this missing nose guy, and, and I don't understand that. I'm seeing people spray paint a bunch of crap on their faces. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, get I that. can. I can explain all of. Oh this. yeah, yeah. I need. I need details. Okay. Uh, yeah. So here. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll say one comment, and then I'll let Ward take over. There are no breaks on this movie, uh, no. just with how much it immerses you into it so fast. So yeah. Ward, take it away. Yeah. So here's here's the explanation for all that, Matt. Is that um, when when society goes to hell. People get into weird shit. <laughs> That's true. But what is this exact brand of weird Just shit? Just a lot of weird shit. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is whatever survives the post-apocalyptic world is 
people just start cobbling together all the random religions and all the random things, and eventually you end up with something like this. Yeah, you, you start you out huffing, and then by the end you just spray paint your teeth. Yeah, so that's my question then. Are they huffing this spray paint, or is it like a, like a, like a war paint thing where they're needing it as for a visual symbol? I don't get that. I assumed it was a little bit of both because it was chrome spray paint and they talk about chrome being an adjective for being good because they talk about how things are shiny and how things are chrome. And so that is their way of making themselves chrome before their their last final act of being witnessed as they then go into Valhalla. Okay. So so it's not an oil based this religion. I hope it's not an oil-based paint that he's using there. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that would be a that'd be a that'd be a hard day. So, are the bodies of the other people are they painted white, or do they like live underground and so they can't be? They don't have no color in their skin. What's happening there? They are powdered. They are powdered white. They are. Okay. Yes, from what I could from what I could read because I had that same question myself. They are powdered white, and they probably don't see a lot of the sun. Okay, because some people weren't, so I didn't get that. Some were, some weren't, and yet they all ran around with no shirts on, but they had no tans. So I just, I was, I was confused there. And, and then the religion around this Immortan Joe guy, like he has the waters, therefore he gets all the lovely brides and um, all the power. Or how did this come to be? Does anybody did they ever explain that in the other movies? I'd like to chalk that up to weird shit. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, people, if you live long enough in the apocalypse, sooner or later you're going to lose your sense of history. And so then this guy just emerges as the savior and the controller of water. So I was getting serious Negan vibes off of this guy here, but I never saw him take a bat to anybody or you know do any of that uh, brutal tactics. He was more just like the old man who he needed people to put on his shirt is what we saw at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> So I was confused, but uh, that, I mean, that's, that basically answers all my questions, except for who were those weird people that were walking around on four stilts? Because you don't usually see people on four stilts out in that muddy patch that used to be, you know, the green. Are you going to make me say it again? Okay. Okay. He, he's he's given up. He's saying the, the world has gone crazy and we seek to not the understand. The world has gone crazy and now there is an excessive amount of orange and blue tint in the world. Okay, yeah. agreed. And, and weird shit. Well, what uh, what would you like to discuss in depth there, Ward? Some of the well, I I did a little research because I you know I'm like Byron. I'm I the first time I saw this had a hard time not seeing Mel Gibson in the role. So I did a little research on to uh, how did it wind up being that Tom Hardy was the the stand-in for Mel Gibson. And interestingly enough, it, uh, this movie was going to be made in 2001. And they were all ready to go, but then 9-11 happened, and the American dollar collapsed against the Australian dollar, and as a result, they lost 25% of the film's budget, mm. and so they had to put it on hold. So they were going to come back, and they managed to scrape everything back together, and they were going to roll cameras again in 2006, but that's when Mel Gibson lost his freaking mind, got pulled over by the cops, started ranting about all this racist stuff and you know suddenly everybody hated Mel Gibson so they had to cancel it again um so then the third time they they came back uh you know after I think it was 2012 is when they wrapped up uh filming this movie so a long journey to the screen but uh but that's how we wound up with a 
Mel Gibson-less movie. Well, that there must have been some serious rewrites because if it was going to be, you know, a 2001 Mel Gibson 20, yeah, 22 years after his first one, it could not have been, you know, this movie. That that's for sure. Yeah, one of the things that people complained about in the movie was that Tom Hardy doesn't have. There's barely any dialogue that he has. Oh yeah, he um, say anything. Well, agree. Yeah, but the interesting thing is, if you go back to the Road Warrior, Mel Gibson has. 16 lines in that movie. Really? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, kind yeah, of a, a trademark right. of Matt Max. It's very action-oriented. It's not very dialogue-oriented. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you're strapped to the front of a car going, or a nitrous oxide-injected car going 150 miles an hour with your blood being sucked out of you simultaneously, you're not going to be very talkative, is, is my thought. But I don't know if it's not happened to me yet. <laughs> As with any Tom Hardy movie, subtitles were helpful on this one. <laughs> and well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like Tom Hardy. I mean, as an action as an action guy, I think he did a good job. It's crickets because no one likes the fact it's not <laughs> it's not Mel Gibson. <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I think the first time that I saw this, it was definitely I was also turned off by Tom Hardy's. It seemed almost like attempt to be Mel Gibson trying to do an Australian accent, if that makes any sense. Like he's almost like he was trying too hard to be the Mel Gibson character, which I think I would have actually been more fine if he wasn't. Well, there again, I benefited from not knowing, I guess. Yeah, I think you did. And, and back to, you know, Furiosa being kind of the star of this movie. I think you benefit from not, not knowing that as well. Like who, Mad Max is, and, you know, I, I just think clearly he takes kind of a backseat role in this movie, which is okay if you just if you watch it from that perspective and you're okay with it. So, were you guys surprised then to see that uh, that her that she was going to save these these brides that that was her real mission? Because I was. Oh yeah, the first time I saw it, I didn't quite know what was going on. Yeah, I agree. I. It was a, it's a, how should I say? It's a plot that's just as absurd as the entire world that they're living in. But it, then that somehow makes it make sense. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. It kind of works too. Cause it's like these, the, these brides are like, it's almost like they're the only pure thing left in the world. And they're all trying to kind of protect them. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of like that the, the the juxtaposition of the imagery of these these young, beautiful women in white compared to like the rest of the world is just like ugly and beaten up and uh, barely yeah. hanging by a thread. Yeah, I think that this is this must be one of those movies where they put out a casting call to find some unique individuals, <laughs> or however they put it. <laughs> Because yeah, well, one of wow. them was a Victoria's Secret model. Oh, oh, no, she? yeah, no, yes. I mean, th- these these women are beautiful, and yes, I mean, th- no, I, I mean, like as as Ward said, juxtaposing against some of the other cast, some of the other extras. Holy cow, okay. there are some uglies in this thing. <laughs> like the guy with the the size forty eight feet yeah. wide. Yeah. Uh huh. And towards the end, there's a guy who kind of gives like a war scream, and he it almost looks like his face is CGI'd because his mouth opens real wide and he's got about six teeth and they're all about, you know, 
they're all about i don't know six or seven teeth missing in between each of those teeth so it's it's really a unique look he's got there this, uh, they definitely got some a good unique, time uh, characters for this is this a good time to pivot to the guitar player uh yeah absolutely yeah. it's always a good time to pivot to, to the guitar player as far as i'm concerned so this guy when they took his mask off it's not looking good no no this is what he was born to do is just sit on the front of this car and play a guitar with no backing band. He's got some drums. Yeah, he's got drums. Don't yeah, don't don't sell him short here. Wait, he's it's, got it's drums he can play? Guitar solo. He's got drums. Well, there's like there's like six guys behind him that are just playing oh. like taiko drums. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting because uh this is one of my favorite words, but the music is also diegetic. That's a a fancy word for uh, the fact that the music he's playing on that guitar is the actual soundtrack to the chase scene that they're doing. And uh, I love that. It's sort of like, and when, it come, when it shows him, you can tell it's coming off of him. But then, but then as they move away from him, it, the music is just part of the ambiance of the scene. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's the thing that's jacking me up and injecting uh, nitrous into my blood as I'm watching this thing. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. This guy's actually playing that. And there's flames shooting out the front. And he's on bungee cords, I think. Isn't that... Or some sort of like bungee jumping thing. Some sort thing? of suspension system that he's being like he so he doesn't like lose his place, I guess, or get jarred by going over these uh, hills. Yeah, yeah. And there's a night scene, night scene when he's the only one who's like lit up. So he not only does he have music and speakers, but he's got his own lights. <laughs> That's pretty great. Simple AV setup. Oh yeah, I mean he knows what he's doing for sure. And and that is, I mean that the broader topic there is. Of course, all of these vehicles, I don't know if you want to call them cars or trucks or rigs, but all of these vehicles we're seeing, it, you, I mean, I said the budget was $157 million, and man, they just must have spent so much on special effects and vehicle explosions. And I mean, at one point, they blew up a whole canyon, it looks like. They actually blow it up and, 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 and they uh, close a pass with rocks. Yeah, that, that was the point I had wanted to bring up was the use of practical special effects in this movie where they legit How much blew it? up a canyon. They legit, uh, like, yeah, like you said, ha- half their budget was probably spent on propane and the other half was spent <laughs> on cars and fixing them. Yeah. So Byron, how much of this movie was practical effects versus CGI? It was, uh, let's see. I don't have an actual statistical breakdown, but I know, it, probably about 75 to 80% of this was actually done with legit special effects with some after effects. It really gets more noticeable near the end of the film with a lot of the flames and a lot of the explosions. But yeah, a good majority of this was actual practical effects. Yeah. There's a, there, there's a, I just Googled it real quick. There's a article from business insider from September, 2016 that it's, there's a video too, but it says, uh, Mad Max Fury Road without the special effects makes the movie even more mind-blowing. It's, and that's it's because there's so much actual destruction going on on set. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, I know a majority of it was done with just practical special effects. So I think, to me, that adds just a little bit of extra flair, just knowing that, that there is, that's how flames would work. It's not CGI flames. It's not the CGI effects and everything that's going on in this movie. Yeah. So is the flame coming out of the guitar a practical effect as well? 
<laughs> no, no, they're legit. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming they're 100% legit because nothing that I, if you can't tell, I really like that guy. I think in the post-apocalyptic world, I'd probably try to be that guy. <laughs> wow. Let's talk, let's dive more into this detail, Byron. So you would be that guy. How many more yeah. weeks of this isolation yeah, is going to take? Let's, let's pick her thing. What would you do? What guy would you be in the apocalypse? If you were in Mad Max, who I'll let, would you be? I'll let Ward go would first. Would you be a war boy? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's putting me on the spot. Um, yeah, I think I'm going, I think I'm going to be the, the big guy with the size 48 feet. You're going to be the gas town guy, the gas town baron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> okay. like, I'm kind of, you know, town Baron with uh, with his piercings and his size 48 feet from, I don't know, you um, know, from just, I don't know, the ridiculousness, I guess. I'm just, I'm just projecting forward because two weeks into the 2020 coronavirus apocalypse, my body is kind of headed in that direction. <laughs> you got the, <laughs> you got the quarantine 15 already going on. Yeah, everything's kind of settling down in the lower half, too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. There's two feet. types of people who are going to survive this quarantine. The people who gain 15 pounds or the people who lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Yes, that's for sure. And then the people who gain 15 are just going to become food later on. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb tissue. I would, uh, so to answer your question, Byron, I think I would be the, the Nux guy, the main war boy that we spend time with, who coincidentally is also usually painted blue when he's playing... Uh, uh, the Beast on X-Men movies. Yes. Uh, and he, yeah. in this movie, he's white. That would be me because, you know what, I could go I could go crazy for a little bit, especially if I'm huffing some spray paint. But then all I really want to do is just kick back with the nice girls in the back of the truck. I, I'm, I'm just a nice guy. So Yeah, I don't think we talked a little bit about that. I know we talked about this was mainly Furiosa's movie, but as far as a character development and everything, I mean, this guy probably gets the the lion's share of character development and a really cool arc. And he gets a cool, to me, he gets a cool death. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. I, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. And I think that he gets to hang out with Cheeto, the fragile, and that becomes his, his sort of main squeeze, at least for a little bit. Yes, that is, that is Cheeto that okay. we are seeing. <laughs> Cheeto. <laughs> uh, so Byron, you, you're sticking with the, uh, the bass player, huh? The guitar guy. I'm, I'm bass player, guitar guy. I'm going to be the bard of this whole situation where I'm just going to sit there and ride along. Because you know what? He doesn't die. Uh, huh. He doesn't? I don't think he does, does he? Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. Can I ask? He comes back and he, he grabs the guitar and he just sits, sits there playing along. Nobody ever blames him for anything. You know, I, Didn't I, Max use him as a projectile to assault somebody at one point i can't remember yeah but he's st- he's still strapped in though so he just bounces back on his little bungee cords and then he goes right oh. back to playing all right <laughs> yeah he doesn't he doesn't ever stop playing i appreciate that about him he's committed <laughs> yeah the show must go on i mean i <laughs> yeah uh okay well you know one thing i can't believe we haven't discussed until this point and i need to ask because i'm seeing it in my notes what on earth was happening when in that scene when it was several larger women strapped to a machine. <laughs> oh, mother's milk. Yes. What 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 was that? And did it have to be well, in this also, film? Also the drink of the show is no, no, no. Yeah, the drink kidding. of the show. <laughs> we forgot to mention. Uh, it's mother's milk. Wow. So I just have I mean, did that have to be in this movie? Did I need that image in my mind? 
No, the answer is no. No, but that's, I mean, you really didn't need any of these images in your mind, did you? I mean, that's, that's just adding and world building to the absurdity that is the Mad Max universe. Okay. So are we to understand, though, that that entire tanker was full of this milk? I don't get that part either. I thought it was water. And then later on, he's like, what's this? And she goes, oh, it's mother's milk. I have no idea. Yeah, he washes off with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because we know they're in this little tanker thing that's going along. The back half or the little like side, the little back trailer is filled with gasoline because that's the thing that she was going to drop off to buy her freedom into the buzzard's land. But they don't actually describe what's in the tanker itself. I always assumed it was water because there was the big hose that he is able to drink from. And there was that whole thing. You're right. There is a little bit of there's, there's obviously there must be some sort of partition in that tanker that can hold both water and mother, mother's milk. Oh, yeah. Which, which by the way, are we really (laughs) nitpicking this Uh, out of all the things? (laughs) I don't know. It's just so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) What's your other point, Byron? Better change the subject quick before I get grossed out. Uh, no, I guess that was really my only point. Uh, no, the drink of the show I, we had actually forgot to mention was I was I am drinking. I don't know about you guys, but I am drinking a Surly Fury Us. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for the drink of the show. So uh, if you're drinking along with us at home, better start now drinking a Surly Furious. Wait, are we getting paid for this? Uh, of course. <laughs> I hope so. I am. I don't know about you. I hope so. Do you have another point you want to bring up, Ward? Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm good. I turn it back to Byron. Do you have any other uh, points that you were researching? Not really. Uh, again, I as far as if I had to rank this movie, this definitely has to be in one of my top ten movies of I think all time uh, of of all time. What? I think so. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. I wow. think so. I, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I <laughs> Okay, well, I, I think we've thoroughly done this one as much as we could. Do you guys should we do you guys have a suggestion for next time or should we maybe ask ask people to call in at uh 612-217-2520 and suggest something else, uh, another movie that we should be discussing. They could of course also reach us at the Parkway theater podcast at gmail.com we'll have all these links to the fundraisers and uh, ways to contact us in the show notes uh, you guys want to want to plug anything else or talk about anything else before we sign off wash your hands that's a fair point that's a fair <laughs> fair point yep. everybody <laughs> with, with mother's milk yeah <laughs> everybody stay safe maybe out not, there maybe not mother's milk i don't know Tomorrow, in a world gone mad. (laughs) The only law will be a renegade squad of suicidal cops. He's my prisoner, and he's not walking out that door. And the open road will be controlled by gangs of glory rotors. Max is a cop, one of the best. Where does he run to get you? Scoot jockeys? Yeah, no man trash. Mm. Well, I'll add it to my thread collection. 